Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. It's time for the most average podcast ever. <laughs> it's Zach. From this moment forward, people's champion, the Shelby sensation, the reverse Apache master, the man with the golden head, Dr. Cock and Balls. And the nose. That Kenny Powers is now dead. And he will never pick up a baseball ever fucking again. All right, folks, after a week hiatus, we are back. Zach in the Nose podcast. We're on volume number 27, the Jeremy Roenick edition of the Zach and the Nose podcast. Very happy to be back with you guys. Sorry we're off for a week. That's because Nose decided to go on a little vacation, but he's back now. We're back for the stretch run here over the the dead part of sports summer. That's why we're doing the Fantasy Food League here. But before we get to any of that, let me introduce my partner in crime as always, at Spencer Nose on Twitter, N-O-S-E. He is my man, Spencer, The Nose. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, whatever time you're listening. To my man, The Nose, how are you? It's great to be back in the saddle over here. Hey, you took a little time off. You got a little refreshed out there with the wifey and a couple buddies of yours. Uh, you feeling good? You feeling a little refreshed after your trip? I do. I'm re-energized. I am. I'm, I'm ready to roll. We got a stretch run here over the summer where there's basically no sports going on at all. That's why I'm very excited that we're doing the Fantasy Food League here. And uh, speaking of the Fantasy Food League, uh, we did have our first one oh, a couple weeks back, and it was the Georgia Pig versus Runway 84, and we had a stunning upset in round one. My choice, the Georgia Pig, with a score of 28.5 points, beats Runway, who only has 27. I'm feeling kind of... Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of high after this uh, th- this first round of the Fantasy Food League. Uh, what about your, uh, w- when you kind of recap it in your mind, did you ever think that the Georgia Pig could beat Runway? Like two weeks later, I'm s- super confident that I made the right decision. Yeah, I think one. so too. Overall, when, you know, you know, sometimes restaurants have good days, sometimes they have bad days. Um, I think both were on point. It was just an overall very satisfying feeling walking out of that Georgia Pig. And I think they deserved the win. And now we're going onward to our next competition. We do. It's, it's, we're here to discuss it today. We have round two of the Fantasy Food League where we're matching up Mark Hockman 
versus Channing Crowder, the afternoon drive host here on 560 WQAM. And in breaking news style, I have just been texted the two restaurants that we are going to be grading. And now I'm finally in the grading part of this where myself and Nose, because Nose the first week did all the grading because it was my restaurant versus Joe's. I didn't want to get involved in any of it, even though if you were there at the dinner at Runway, you would think that Runway was my spot that we were kind of grading at that point because I wanted them to win so bad. But Mark Hockman and Channing Crowder, round two, Fantasy Food League, the choice from Mark Hockman is something he does some commercials for here, and he's in love with this place, and I've had it before, and it's really good. Tucker Duke's Lunchbox. It's a burger place, but they have other stuff there too, but it's really known for their specialty burgers. So that's going to be exciting. I can't wait. I yeah. love burgers, and I'm very, very pleased with this choice because I have never been, and I've heard many good things about it. And so let's bring it on. I Burger. All American. Yeah. I couldn't be happier with yeah, the choice. It's going to be fun. I it's, it's love a, a burger, obviously. Yep. Why and they have I? some wild ass burgers there, too. And they have like different side dishes. It's going to be fun. It'll be fun for all of us to, to go hang out and eat there anyway. But uh, I'm excited to see what the grades are going to be like for Tucker Dukes as well. Channing Crowder, uh, former Miami Dolphin and uh, Knucklehead himself, picked out a place that I figured he would pick out uh, with his one choice of place to eat. It is Shuck and Dive in Fort Lauderdale, which I know that you like as well, and you've been there before in Fort Lauderdale. But this is going to be a different way to look at it when we do grading system. Well, the good news on this is I lived in Fort Lauderdale when Shuck and Dive opened, God knows, maybe 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, at least, and yeah. I loved it. I remember that they made a, you know, this is a Creole, this is a Louisiana, New Orleans type of cuisine, which is obviously full of flavor. I'm really excited to give it a try because I haven't been there in no joke seven to eight years. Me too. Me, I, I used to live right forever. there. Also, I yep. remember a dirty bird sandwich was a fried chicken sandwich that I loved, but they had this roast beef po' boy, which I know they don't have anymore, which I thought was super great. So really happy that we're going back there. I'm going to have an open mind and empty, you know, an empty stomach, and I'm going to go in and I'm going to, I'm going to tear these places alive. Meaning I'm going to eat a lot of food. Yeah, it's going to be I'm fun. I'm going to order a lot of different things. I want a really good understanding of the restaurant by the time we get out. And I'm really excited because I've heard, you know, both of these places have amazing reputations. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I look forward to speaking to Crowder and Hawkman maybe on the Twitter machine and to get exactly what I should be ordering because they're apparently Hawk Crowder is, just texted me 17 different dishes and I'm, to get I'll, a chuck and dive, and Hawkman said that he's going to find the three greatest burgers and then let for me us choose. to order yeah. uh, at this place. And that's fine because I think that's the way that this should be, just like kind of it was in week one when, when I gave what I we thought we should eat at Georgia Pig and Runway as well. But you know what happens when we go there also. There could be three things that Hawk likes – and 87 things that Crowder likes at Chuck and Dive, if there's something else on the menu that grabs your eye, grabs your attention. Yeah, we're ordering it. We're ordering oh, yeah. it. Oh, exactly. This Part of this is for us to chow down. Of course. Okay. Of course. Take some good pictures. Uh-huh. And let's, you know, we're going to give them the reviews. And listen, the contest that you had versus Joe, that's separate. These could both have higher scores. That's right. That's we, right. Could, we could have two real good reviews, but there's going to have to be a winner. And I'm looking forward to uh, giving it a go. So hopefully by next week, we're going to have our next podcast be the review and the scoring system of both the restaurants. Do you Now, should we uh, explain the scoring system one more time 
to the great people out there. There's 40 points available uh, to get. Like in week one, the Georgia Pig got 28.5 and Runway 84 got 27. They're both at a 40. Uh, so 40 is the top score you can get. I'm assuming through this entire tour, outside of something that we sit down and eat that literally knocks your shirt off your back or pulls your pants down for you, a 40 is not going to be there. But there's a chance that 28.5, like you said, is not going to be the highest score out of these four restaurants. And I can have the third highest score when round two is over for this. But explain again the three categories that now, I'm excited, that we'll be judging come this week uh, before volume 28 of the Zach of the Nose We're going to have to sit there. We're going to have to work as a team. And we're going to have one score coming out of each place. And that, me and you are going to be tough because that's what food critics that we've made ourselves. We're foodies. All of a sudden... You're now a foodie. I never thought I'd be a foodie. I just I'm, thought I'd eat I'm a just, lot of food. I'm but. just going to push you in that direction. I like I'm going to keep, you know, ride ride this wave right now. Okay, here's what we're doing. Yep. 20 points for taste. Okay. 10 points for overall presentation and creativity. And then 10 points for the overall experience. We're talking about ambiance, your service. Because, again, the food could be great. But if you don't get your food in a timely fashion, or if you have a rude waiter or somebody who has no idea, it could ruin hurt. the experience. Yeah. Real quick, I was in a uh, restaurant in um, Whistler, actually, which was in uh, Canada, by wow, the way. Wow, look at you. Hey, hey. I went to Canada, eh? hey. and I went to this restaurant, and um, the food was outrageously good. The service was a zero out of wow. 10. Wow. And let me tell you something. When you get... You don't do well with that either. With service at a zero out of 10, it ruins what could have been an amazing meal. So these 10 points... I'm going to uh, be very critical on. So all things matter. Taste is the most important, and that's why they got 20. But the other two are very important. We have a 40-point total, and we're going to see what happens. All right, so that'll be in next volume's edition of Zach and the Nose Podcast. That'll be next week, volume 28. Hawk and Tucker Dukes versus Crowder and Shuck and Dive. That is going to be round two of the Fantasy Food League. All right, so before we go on any further, on volume 27 here, the Jeremy Roenick edition, although I know you think it's the Eddie George edition, it is the Jeremy Roenick edition. That is incorrect, even though I was trying to think. 95 hockey. Yes. Genesis. NHL 94 or 95, the hockey editions, were the two of the greatest video games of all time. I'm going to put you on the spot, and yep. you obviously don't have a lot of time to answer. Oof. Can you name any other players on the Chicago Blackhawks besides Jeremy Roenick? Not even a chance. You have no shot. No chance. Okay. Especially not on the on the cusp like this. No this way. is literally, I'm, we're doing this literally on the cusp. Yeah. Here's what I got. I got Chris Chelios, oh, number three, right. yes. one of the best defensive players. Yeah. I don't know who the other defensive player is. You got, I think you got Steve Larmer on one side. Wow. Okay. Wow. And here's going to blow your mind for those real geeks who know about this. There was a guy named Goulet, G-O-U-L-E-T. I'm saying, think I called him Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet, right. of course, right? That would be the first Robert thing I'd go Goulet. to. <laughs> oh, my God, I just did that. that was um, horrible. I don't know who the fifth defender is. I'm going to check that out later. All but right. I think I nailed four out of the five. And by the way, this is the Eddie George edition. No chance. I was a diehard Houston Oilers fan. We could talk about that at another time from New York originally. Well, look at our picture on the podcast page. You have your... Uh... Well, yeah, well... Yeah, you're Warren we'll talk about it another time, but I yeah. thought I had friends who were Jets fans, and they were freaking tool bags growing up. I wanted to be different than them. And then there was the Giant fans, and they were just, like, so full of themselves because they were successful at the time in the 80s. I'm like, I don't want to be like them, so I went in my own way because I love the Warren Moon. Anyway, I ended up being a huge Eddie George fan, 
And this is the Eddie George one, not the Jeremy Roenick one. All right, well, we will. Uh, we'll I beg to differ on that. I beg to differ on that one. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into uh, everything else here in the podcast. But before we go on any further, I know you, you wrote this down on my notes for some reason that I had to bring it up. Are you you have to lay an apology down to somebody here? Like, what is this about? Like, you're not apologizing to your wife or something. I have a you? formal apology to an athlete, and oh, okay. I, you know, this is the place for it. Sometimes when I speak, I speak from emotion and I speak with my gut. And um, with professional players, sometimes you don't know who they really are. And I categorized three golfers in my major hate list. Um, and of course, when I say hate, I don't mean hate, but Guys, I root against. Sports hate is different than real hate. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that's just, it is. Thank you for noticing. Like I hate Alan Houston. But do you hate Alan Houston? No, I do. I'm sure I, he's a, I, no, I yeah, do. Yeah, I yeah. really hate uh, you Even know, if he's a great guy. Yeah, take that out of the podcast. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> you could cut that out. But, uh, you know, I think that Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kopka are absolutely horrible for the, you know, for the, for the game of golf. For game of golf, sure. Yeah, I, you know, Dustin Johnson literally, I mean, the personality on him I don't know how he pulled Paulina Gretzky. He must, you know, handle his business on another way. My God, because he is so... (laughs) He could drop the hammer. The only explanation, because he's the most boring human being I have ever seen. And I've just... When he was hot those last few years, it was so boring to watch him win. And I have Brooks Kopka right there with him because... This doesn't sound like a freaking apology, though. We're getting there. Oh, okay, okay. So Brooks Kopka, oh, another guy that I just... Horrible for the sport. Yes, he is the by far the most dominating player. I predicted he was going to win uh, the U.S. Open. Um, you did have a good prediction there. Was that the U.S. Open? Yes. Yeah, it was the U.S. Open. No, it was the PGA Championship. PGA Championship. That's I knew I blew yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, almost, he came in second place. Leading into, what a nice little lead-in. My apologies to Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland, I gave you a little hard time because I thought you were a meathead because I thought you had the same body shape and mold as a Brooks Kopka and a Dustin Johnson. But what I've learned is that Gary Woodland, he's a little quiet and he doesn't get as excited as I would maybe want. But that doesn't mean he's not a great human being because I saw some pieces on him with that uh, girl that has some mental challenges. That's right, that's right. And he was unbelievable with her in a tournament in Phoenix. And after his win, the first thing he did was he went on to the day show with the girl and surprised her on the show. And, um, I, man, look, I apologize. Gary Woodland, you are not a meathead. I've read that you are one of the more popular people. So I had once called you, uh, put you in the category of those stiffs. You are now out of that category, and you are in thy good graces. Congratulations on the win. You're back off Douche Island. You're back with the regular people now. That's good for you. That It takes a lot to apologize to someone here, although the beginning of that sounded like no apology was I coming got there. at all. No, no, you did. You yeah. did. It took a, little a second. Long-winded, yeah. No, it's okay. It was a great you, – you told a great story there, so it was perfect. All right, so listen, uh, I wanted to get to this as well because – in the last couple of days, we found out dates for training camps that are opening for the NFL. Uh, this means one thing to me and one thing only. Football is very close to being back. I know that we said we're in the dog days of summer and, you know, after the draft in late April, you kind of have some OTAs and stuff in May. No one gives a shit. And then in June, you, it's like another week or two and then no one gives a shit again. And then in July, it's basically zoom, nothing. And then in the beginning of August, normally starts camps. Everything is moved up. We have guys going reporting to camp on the 21st now, on the 17th of July. We're talking a couple weeks out. It is June 24th now that we're taping this podcast. We are like um, less than a month away 
from football starting up again, even though people don't pay that much attention to training camp. When you're a fantasy football nerd like we are, you pay attention to everything because you want to see what's going on. Uh, I don't want you to give rankings on quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers. That has their own podcast by themselves. But how about some sort of tease, something right now to cut? Because we're, we're dipping our toes in the water of football right now, the NFL, even college football too, because that'll start up too uh, with the fall practices in, in a couple weeks and in, in about a month. We're, our toes are dipping in the water. Give me something so I can put my whole foot in the water here in the ocean uh, about fantasy football that we have to worry about. All right, first off. I, I'm just saying right now, for those people who are in serious leagues. Now, some of you guys play in leagues that are totally for fun. Uh, yes, there's a, you know, a few hundred dollar buy-in or something like that, but you're not so serious about it. But then there's the people who are really serious about fantasy football. And in, if you're that league, I suggest immediately that you send an email out to your, to your people. We're there. And get your draft date ready. I am telling you right now, I know it sounds and feels early, but the the leagues that are not amateur hour have their draft dates literally the day before that Thursday night football. Yeah, that Wednesday or that, you know, sometimes in my league, that Wednesday. It's that Sunday before that Thursday game because it's a weekend still. But otherwise, the, the league we do here at the station, get, the QAM one, yeah. is Wednesday night before the league right. starts. Get yes. your... Get your league on the calendar before all everyone who are big fantasy players. We don't have just one team, okay? We have three or four teams, okay? And so for the ones that matter the most, the one that, you know, you're paying attention to the most on live scoring on that Sunday and that Monday, get your draft dates in and solidify them because there is nothing worse than procrastinating on that and then getting yourself a date that has to be the week before and then what happens? You draft two days later, that horrible practice That's injury right. happens. No. ACL, Achilles, something. That's an amateur yeah. league. And I'm going to be preaching this every week. I do not care. Get your league scheduled now. Last year, I'm not looking at a calendar. Last year was like September 3rd. And then September 4th was the Thursday night football. Yes. That Sunday through Wednesday are the. You have to have your draft. You have to have your draft. Anything before that. You guys are putting, you know, you know, God, you know, putting things in God's hands because people you don't do get that. hurt. Yeah, happens. Uh, a lot happens. You know who it was camps, last yeah. year? Who? Oh man, my brain's fried right now from it. But uh, the San Francisco 49ers, the, the McKinnon, back. McKinnon, That's right? Woo! He came from That's Minnesota. Right. He went to San Francisco. Millions of drafts happened after that. McKinnon goes down. All of a sudden, you are at a disadvantage. Your fourth-round draft pick just went down, and it was a good pick, too, by the way. He had a lot of promise. Anyway, so get your drafts in. But uh, if you want one tease, something. Yes, please. I, I can't. I love it too much. I mean, we're going to talk so much about fantasy football. This is a fantasy, I can't wait. This is a fantasy football podcast. And trust me, Zach and I are going to bring so much to the table in about one month. I am bringing. I cannot wait. I know there's a lot of people out there who are going to say, who the hell are you? And I know just as much as you. And heck, you just might, okay? But still, it's fun to discuss it. And I'm going to give every trick of the trade that is in my loins out on this podcast. And let's just, you know, and I think you're going to all gain from it. But you wanted one tease? Just one teaser. Yeah, give me, uh, like, like tomorrow would be the draft and I need some football stuff. Give me something right now. Who do you think 
my number one wide receiver is right now. And, of course, I haven't solidified anything. This is not solidified. But right okay. now, I'm going to give you a written in pencil number one And receiver. I don't think you're going to guess it. Ooh, man. Uh, I mean, the obvious guys are out there. I'm going to go with Julio Jones. Okay. Julio Jones is a... Uh, Just because the guy's a stud. Is the, in, is the incorrect answer. Okay. I, I would think the most... I figured that was the most obvious incorrect one, right? DeAndre Hopkins is probably the most okay. obvious number one from the talent and... You know, just the he is the most talented wide receiver out there. But no, right now my number one receiver is Devontae Adams. Wow! Right? Wow! And that's a little bit. You might get a knee jerk reaction from that and be like, "Wait a minute, what? Really? Why don't we?" And I'm, again, I'm not throwing out numbers. This is not a geeky game. But if you see the targets that this guy got, and if you see that Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have anybody to throw the ball to, he just throws this guy 15 times Every a game. Time, yeah. And how many touchdowns did he have? He is my Marvin Harrison of this year. Wow. Marvin Harrison, amazing route runner. Devontae Adams, amazing route runner. You had Peyton Manning in his prime. Sure. Now you have Aaron Rodgers in your prime. They're going to throw the ball, and they're going to throw their ball a lot to their number one guys. And there's not Reggie Wayne on the other side right now. There's Scantling on the other side. So Devontae Adams, in my opinion, who is not the sexiest pick overall, is going to have the number one wide receiver stats in 2019. That is a very good tease right there. That that gets me really hyped up for fantasy football just in general right now because I would love if we were breaking down positions, position by position, which we will do here on the podcast in the next month, uh, get all that in there, but that, that that's good. Not that, only are we going to be that, breaking that down positions, good. but we're going to be breaking down, okay, is like Devontae Adams and who other players okay, are in that top tier. I got about five of them, okay? Ending with my boy Juju Smith-Schuster, my favorite player of all time. He's in that top five. But the question then becomes is when do you pick that wide receiver before you pick that first running back? And we're going to get into all of that. And we're literally going to break down pick by pick. We'll probably be able to mock out a top 20 just to show you where the brain's working, where you say, okay, this tier, I'm stopping. You know, after David Johnson at the running back position, I'm stopping. I'm not going to take Le'Veon Bell next because I'm going to take Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins next. Things like that are going to be broken down. Oh, I can't wait. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, I can't wait. All right, let's do some random things here that I was writing down that I want to get the nose's opinion on as well. First one, not on any of our notes here today. Uh, Cam Newton uh, was uh, just on a, on a flight in the last week or so, uh, dressed up like uh, only Cam Newton can dress up, by the way, because none of us uh, would ever be able to wear what he wore on that plane. So good for him. God bless that guy for being able to wear that. $1,500 he offered one of the other people on the flight for the extra leg room. Not a first-class ticket, not anything like that. $1,500 for an extra leg uh, seat, extra space. Uh, the guy said no. The guy turned down $1,500 in cash. My question to you is, if you were guy in seat, Cam Newton came up to you. Even though I believe this was only like a two-and-a-half-hour flight when you read more into the story, even though he was coming or going to Europe or coming back from Europe at the time, let's say it was a European trip. It was a nine-hour flight, not a two-and-a-half-hour flight. Would you take the $1,500 and give up your seat for probably a middle seat for nine hours? I know you're thinking about it right now. You're not going to believe my answer. I, I, I'm, I'm here to get your answer. I mean, we'll talk about that, but if you're asking me personally. I, I want you to give me your answer and, and, and why or why not. 
I would tell him to screw his $1,500 and tell me the straight-up truth as to what happened at the University of Florida when he supposedly stole a goddamn laptop, and then wow. all of a sudden he leaves there, and John Brantley ends up being the quarterback and then the ultimate downfall of the Florida Gators. So my question would be, <laughs> get your $1,500 out of here, my man. Tell me the truth. That being said, you want to know, I mean, how much was that ticket? I, I don't that's know. That's a real, I don't know. You know, if that's, is that a $500 ticket? Yeah, maybe maybe $700 what's, round trip. What's that guy netting out on that $1,500? Uh, he's probably getting the flight and probably pocketing, let's say, $600. bucks. let us say $900 was that 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 ticket I, round trip. I don't, I mean, I know. I'd give it up. And you're probably sitting in a middle seat. Now, can't... With the, a 10-hour flight, right? Yes, this is... I mean, I'm thinking of my nine-and-a-half-hour flight to Paris when I went over to Europe with my wife. So, uh, it's nine-and-a-half hours or nine hours. Uh, I sat in a yeah. seat on, on the aisle, and I was uncomfortable, and I had a little extra legroom. If I would have paid whatever it was extra, an extra three or $400 extra to get one of those extra leg seats on top of what I paid for my flight, and the seat you'd probably sit in, because Cam was late, Cam missed a flight and had to get on another flight. So with that said, he probably got a really shitty seat. So let's say middle, in between whoever. It could yeah. be two small oh, people. It, seat, it yes. could be two fat people. It doesn't matter. 1500 bucks, nine hours. Cam didn't offer enough money. He did not offer he enough money. He should have offered more, right? You know, this guy could have looked at Wikipedia page in 10 seconds and see his last contract being, I don't even know what it is, a $50, yeah. $60 million contract. Whatever the extension was. Whatever it was. That's a very, very wealthy man. And $1,500, in my opinion, for that type of situation is a lowball offer. Uh-huh. Okay? That should have been $5,000. And if it was $5,000, I'm accepting yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sitting middle seat for $1,500, I say you, you, you come stronger than that. Dude, 10-hour flight in a middle. Yeah, where middle seat. More than likely We also seat. don't know this guy's financial situation. No, this guy could be but a if billionaire. It, if but although, if he's, a, if he's worth Cam Newton money, to be honest... Wouldn't he be getting on a, in first class or sitting maybe on a private jet anyway? Like, if this guy was worth that much money. I'm not saying Cam in general. I'm saying this guy. If this guy was worth a shit ton of money, and I'm talking hundreds of millions. Like, he owns right. a computer business in Silicon Valley. Like, something stupid. Right. There's no amount of money. You're not, you're not yeah. taking that money. If he's random dude who makes 55 grand a year, works at a bank, yeah. sells insurance, yeah. 1500 bucks is, is a decent amount of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know More if fifteen hundred dollars is worth nine hours of me sitting in between two dudes that are snoring and sweating. You know so many I mean? factors. Do I, I have? A, do I have like a Valium that I could pop in and be out for eight straight hours? Do I have that ability to just sleep in the middle? It's, of the seat? Sure, it's possible. So, so many factors for me. I mean, knowing Cam Newton and how much money he has, I'm going for more because I'm thinking random guy might not know that's Cam Newton. Someone else is going to say that. Yeah. With, but that's he was wearing, a, a crazy he was wearing that cowboy hat, yeah. wasn't he? He was. He was wearing some crazy outfit. I mean, only Cam Newton get away with that. I'd outfit. just go right back to it and be like, Urban Meyer basically protected Aaron Hernandez from you know certain murders and deaths Correct. and still kept him on the team. And Cam, and Cam with a laptop, stole a computer. Yeah, you know something I mean, else happened. Probably. Th- yeah, I mean, then he Specul- allegedly. Then Let's he, say just, that then he goes to community ourselves. college and then he goes to Auburn and just wins a national championship. That's right, that's I mean, right. good, Heisman Trophy too, didn't he? Good Heisman choice, Trophy. Urban. Great job. That's All why right. you're who you are. Two more randoms and we're going to get out of here today. Uh, OJ Simpson now is on Twitter. Yes. Oh okay. my God. We do a segment now every day on the show, basically uh, what OJ said the day before. Is it okay to follow OJ Simpson on Twitter and laugh at his tweets? Because now, by the way. Direct competition with us. 
with fantasy football as he's giving fantasy football advice out. Uh, but is it just okay for a random person on the road, on the street, listening to us right now to follow OJ or is that bad luck? So you're basically asking, is it like okay to follow a guy that we know got away with murder? Yes, basically. And, and basically laughs at all of us? And was arrested and spent time in jail for armed robbery and kidnapping. Of his own of his own memorabilia and some dude in the room, yes. No bigger legend than this guy. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Okay, so I follow him. Okay. Because, and then all of a sudden I start seeing people on Twitter being like, how could you follow him? Block, block, or like, how can you support someone like that? I mean, guys, everyone just chill out a little bit. I mean, for it's Twitter, and it's a watching a train wreck. Twitter is a shit show to start off with. Right. Like, when you watch car racing to a point, outside of being a big fan of Jeff Gordon or one of these guys that races for NASCAR for 100 years, you watch it for the crash. You watch it for the... the of course. The, when, when there's a crash on 95 and the traffic is, is... You can't get past it. It's because everyone's rubbernecking trying to see what happened. That's all OJ is on Twitter. Yes. He's a car crash. I, I hope you guys uh, listen to us over him because his advice was hysterical. I don't know if you saw it. He's like, in the first round... I really like that Pat Mahomes. Yes. Oh, well, you'll see. The nose will have the 10 weed commandments, okay? And those <laughs> commandments are going to be, number one, you do not draft a quarterback in the first round. No, no, but no. we're going to get again. Yeah, that's, right. that's more of but, – but more of the focus uh, was uh, you follow OJ. Is it okay to follow OJ? I haven't pushed the follow button yet. You haven't? And I'll tell you the oh only reason God, maybe why. Maybe I am going to hell. No, because Hollywood on our show – reads OJ's tweets and plays his audio every day in a segment. I don't necessarily need to follow him to follow him, but I just haven't yet. It doesn't mean I'm not going to because, like I said, I love a car crash, I guess you could say. I mean, not a real one where someone gets hurt, but you kind of that's what you look for. That's our society today. We're looking for the disaster, and he is... He's a fucking disaster, straight it's, up. It's, it's too much. And that's why I love it. So, yes, I mean, for I'm saying it's okay to follow him because... I don't think you're really supporting him, and who, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm supporting him. I'm not. He's not gaining money. But it, it leads from in, that. it leads into another conversation. Well, th- here and here's part two of the OJ Simpson. This one's on a Twitter. harder one for me. Uh, OJ just talked about the other day on one of his videos that it was the 10 year anniversary of Michael Jackson dying, which t- it's crazy to me. It's been a decade since Michael Jackson that is has, crazy. has died. Holy um, shit. But the problem with Michael Jackson is is that there's two kind of ways to look at Michael Jackson. One. One of the greatest music, not musicians, but artists of all time when it comes to music, and put out some of the greatest music we've ever heard in the history of music. There's also a other side to that, where and you see if you've seen that Finding Wonderland, you know, documentary, or you listen to the stories about Michael Jackson, how this guy was sick in the head. There was something wrong with this guy, and with little boys, and it's just gross. I'm not even going to go into details on it. Are you still allowed these days? Without someone looking at you funny? Because I hear it on the radio. They play Mike on the radio on a lot of the stations down here in South Florida and on satellite radio. Mike still gets airtime. It's not that he doesn't. Are you still allowed to be okay listening to that music without somebody cringing at you? It's kind of like following OJ. People are looking at you and go, why are you following OJ? I'm in the car and I'm listening to Mike and someone might go, I can't believe you could listen to that that dirtbag. Is it still okay to kind of listen to Michael Jackson and... Be a fan of the music? It's an unbelievable conversation, and it's something that is very, it's touchy because I'll, you know my wife longer than I do. We both love his music. Sure. 
Susie cannot listen to Michael Jackson anymore. Is that right? I swear to okay. God. Okay. And when, like, we were at a party this weekend, and Michael Jackson gets put on because, you know, you're at, he had the best. He, he had great music. Dude. You can't deny what he did musically. But you also can't. I get. I start moving. Dun dun dun. dun yeah. And, and and I look at my wife, and she's cringing. She's cringing. And then she's yapping about it with everybody else there because she's how gross got, it is that Michael. Jackson Listen, we did. both watched. We both watched that documentary together, and I know this is going to maybe come off sounding, I don't know, but I think what Michael Jackson. Did, I think he did it, and I think it's worse than what OJ did. And yes, I'm. I said that out loud. I do. I. There's something about. Um, well, it, involving any kind of children it, or, that's or really young what, kids. Yeah, yes. the whole thing. We've all we all sort of knew back in the day something that was up. Something was up. We all knew it. We didn't want to really believe in it, and sometimes you don't want to see it. And it's just like compares to sports when you know Ray Rice. You, you heard he assaulted maybe his wife, and you read words, but until you see that, oh, until you see that yeah. with your own eyes, he never played it down again because of it. We never got obviously to see. What happened, and um, and therefore, you know, people just don't see it, so they don't want to believe it, and so they are not going to worry about it. But if that what was said was true, which I after watching that show, it seems pretty it's hard, hard to, to think it was. It did yeah. right. Um, it is not that easy to, in my opinion, really support his music. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's just one of those weird questions that we have to ask these days. The politically correct or incorrect side yeah. society that we live in. So that's interesting. All right, well, on that note, we are going to get the hell out of here for this podcast. Uh, that's the nose. That's Spencer Nose. Have a good one, buddy. I'll speak to you soon. We'll see you this yes. coming couple days. Oh, we're going to eat We've well. got a rough couple days coming up. When I mean rough, I mean real rough for me and you. We're going to be sitting down and eating the Fantasy Food League Round 2. Mark Hockman versus Channing Crowder. Mark Hockman's restaurant is Tucker Dukes' Lunchbox. It's a great burger place in, I believe, Pompano or, or out there near... Coconut Creek? Coconut Creek. I'm not even uh, sure. Chuckanut. And, and, and Channing Crowder, Shuck and Dive in Fort Lauderdale, little Cajun cuisine. Is it cuisine the word? Or? No, it's cuisine. Yeah, I was close. That's going to end up happening in the next couple days as well, so we're going to be eating at both those places, giving grades out, and Volume 28 coming next week. We'll have the grades in the winner for round two of that. Nose, you have a good day and a good couple days. I'll actually be seeing you very shortly after this while we try to get one of these restaurants down, down our throats uh, coming up soon. This is volume 27, Zach of the Nose, the Jeremy Roenick edition for me and the Eddie George version for the Nose. At Spencer Nose on Twitter, N-O-S-E. And you can always follow me as well, at Zach Krantz. We'll talk to you again next week. This was volume 27, Zach and the Nose. It's Zach and the Nose. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.